Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of CQP Moments. As always, I'm your host, the Coupon Queen Pen. You know, we always think of money as a tool. You know, how do we get by? But I have a question for you. What's your relationship with money? My guest is going to tell us all about it and why the proper relationship with money and the proper mindset is important. So I'll be right back with Michael. So guys, like I was saying, I have Michael Keat. And, you know, we've dealt a lot with money and how to save money, but he talks about moneyfulness and the right mindset. So, Michael, would you please introduce yourself to my listeners? Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Keat. I am from the Netherlands, so it's uh, the other side of the ocean. (laughs) And I wrote a book, Moneyfulness, and it's based on two parts. One, the first part is the mindset behavioral part, which where you act when you're having money. And it's based on the seven aiding factors, or also known as the seven pillars of mindfulness. And the second part of the book is practical money management, because you have to manage your money, for, that's for sure. Um, I am 51 years old. I've been a finance director for about 13, 14 years in very different companies. And after that, I started my own company. I have my own software company with accounting and accounting software for small business owners and self-employed. And I've got my own accounting and tax office, <clears throat> which I sold last year. But uh, especially the software part was something quite different because when we started, I thought I knew all about entrepreneurship. But then I found out I didn't know nothing about being an entrepreneur. Ah. Yeah. And then you, then you have to do several kinds of courses, trainings and everything like that, like uh, also marketing, sales, entrepreneurship and everything. But I also started doing several personal development trainings and uh, about NLP, Enneagram, Nine Star Key and everything, but also mindfulness. And mindfulness is the one that triggered me most. And then I'll get, sorry, yeah. I said, okay. (laughs) That's uh, now I'll get a little bit back to the software part because the uh, the company that did the maintenance and development for the software because I'm not a programmer I'm a in the basics I was a financial guy and somewhere in the small details they found something that they were able to uh, send me an invoice for uh, several tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. And that was some kind of a problem. <laughs> um, but there was, I had two choices or have my company declare bankrupt or just pay it and uh, get in debt. So, and I wasn't at that time, I wasn't ready as a person to let go of that company. So I paid it and I got to in debt. And then I started wondering because. I didn't feel that much stress about the debt I was living in. And how was that possible? Because 
when I was a uh, working as a finance director, as an employee, I was always really worried about, oh, I should keep my job. Because if I lose my job, then this will happen. And I will lose my house. I will lose this, blah, 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 blah. Ah, Every- so in other words, what you're saying is the stress of losing everything kept you in a job. Uh, back then, yeah. Uh, but uh, just back then, it gave me a lot of stress. But now, being an entrepreneur and being in debt, and it was hardly any stress. So that started puzzling me. How, do, how is it possible that when you're living in debt, uh, there's hardly any stress? And when you're living as an employee, you're making all kinds of scenarios in your head with, with all kinds of problems and everything. And that's how I came to Moneyfulness, because then I realized that the personal development trainings I've been doing in the years before really helped me to ending my stress feelings. And so that's why I started wondering how does it happen and everything. And then I came to mindfulness based on mindfulness. So that's the, 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 the mindset part. I also became a mindfulness coach and recently also became a hypnotherapist because that's also had a, has got a lot of things to do with your brain, how your brain works, how you can help people easily. Okay. That's basically how I uh, got from uh, being a finance director to being an entrepreneur and now uh, being the author of Moneyfulness. And uh, my, my second book was uh, Who is the Boss? You are the Money. Okay. So in other words, are you saying that how we deal with our money has a lot to do with how we feel? Because you mentioned that when you were working for someone else at the time, you were more stressed about how you were going to keep everything going. Mm -hmm. And once you became an entrepreneur, you weren't as, as worried about, well, Hey, you know what? I have all this debt. So is the key to this, our mindset? Yeah. Yeah. Your mindset is the most powerful thing everybody has and everybody has his own mindset. And uh, it's the same like, like, like a comfort zone. Everybody has his own comfort zone. And it is, uh, the, the comfort zone you live in is also a financial comfort zone. And that's meaning, I mean, what I mean by that is that um, everybody is comfortable by the amounts they are making uh, every uh, month or every year. But also the net worth someone has. And uh, if you start, for example, earning more money and you don't adjust uh, your comfort zone, you don't stretch your comfort zone, somehow you will be sabotaging your own behavior and you will return back into your comfort zone. And the most uh, straightforward example is the the ones that win the lottery. Okay. Uh, yeah, when you, when you win an, an amount of, let's say, over a million, it has to be a serious amount, of course. Uh, when you say uh, when there's an amount over a million, about 80 to uh, 80% has to go back to a daytime job in a period of three to five years. Because the amount they win at a lottery doesn't fit, with their, fit within their comfort zone. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying 80% of lottery winners go back to a daytime job? Yeah, because they they lost all the money, basically. Wow. They, 
that's that's an incredible number i know that's that, that's the importance of the mindset because they didn't stretch their mindset they didn't stretch their comfort zone to their new situation because if you win a lottery it's a sudden moment uh, it's just a moment in time that that your net worth increases enormously and if you don't adjust your comfort zone your mindset then your behavior will start sabotaging and you will send, you will have show some sabotaging behavior and then you will get you will lose all the money until it fits back into your comfort zone uh, uh what okay what are some examples of sabotaging behavior because i keep hearing you say this okay <laughs> um when you have a lot of money some people just start spending it on a lot of designer clothes traveling uh, having luxury restaurants uh, expensive cars and everything uh, going to casinos just spending it on not that serious things let me put it like that <laughs> um another one is a lot of people start investing in companies or starting their own business and then you know when, when your uh, comfort zone it wasn't that big then you can be like uh, start renting large office space for for five or ten years because that's the uh, regular leasing time uh, when you start having a lot of people employed and then they're all things can happen and that you're you're uh, you think your project is already big, but it's just your savings going to the project, or uh, just believing uh, some, some a different project, just believing someone on their uh, beautiful blue eyes, and oh yeah, I believe him, and then uh, some kind of scam is going on, and then you lose it all because a lot of people think, oh, he's got a lot of money, he isn't that smart with his or her money because it's outside of his, his her comfort zone and then they'll take it. Uh, okay. So in other words, when people start that, you know, I would have a better life if I made more money or if I had more money. Mm -hmm. in, in other words, that is not quite the right mindset to have. Mm, there's nothing wrong with uh, wanting to have more money. But uh, a lot of people are just focused on the uh, absolute amount they have in their bank account or what's on their uh, on their paycheck. And uh, if that's the only focus you have in having more money or wanting more money, you might forget that you also have to stretch your comfort zone, your mindset to your new amount of money you have or you owe or you, you earn. And that's what, what, what a lot of people forget. Mm. And then there's, there's, um, I just made an example from the lottery winners. Right, right. Also a lot of athletes, successful athletes, that start making the money and that they have to make their money, let's say, between the age of uh, 20 and 35. And they keep their spending pattern after they were 35. So they may, may have saved a little in their, during their sports career. But after that, you have to invest it as well. Because if you don't, your income will drop drastically when you start when your sports career ends. And there are a lot of stories, well-known uh, athletes that went bankrupt a couple of years after they they ended their sports career. That's right. just another example. <laughs> right. So in other words, it's not like you know my life will be so much better if I had more money, you know, or once I once I get 
two billion dollars, I'll be set for life. And 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 I I, I see what you're saying. I see mm. what you're saying. In other words, if if we don't if we don't have the right mindset, we end up going back to as you said before that previous comfort zone because we don't know we haven't stretched our mindset enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very okay. much. Exactly what I mean. Okay. <laughs> it has a lot to do with uh, the way you were brought up, your your mindset. Okay. Now, can people learn to change their mindset around money? Yes, of course. But uh, like I said, the most convictions uh, and belief systems uh, get in get into your brain when you're young. <clears throat> Sorry. When you're in your childhood, like just uh, another example, how many grandparents, for example, go come to your uh, to visit you, and just give you a, a five dollar bill, and they say, psh, psh, mysteriously, don't tell your mom and dad, but this is a couple of dollars, and uh, you can buy some ice cream, but don't tell your mom and dad. True, true, true. <laughs> it happens. A whole lot of times. It happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It does happen all the time. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So but what happens in the brain of a, let's say, seven-year-old? It's a lot of secrecy around money. And your grandparents tell you that you have to lie to your own parents because you've got a couple of dollars to buy an ice cream. Ooh, you know, I never even thought of that. Like your grandparents are telling you to lie to your parents so you can buy ice cream. Yeah. yeah but wow. That, that, that's exactly what's happening when uh, when they give it, give a couple of dollars to you and uh, they, they tell you not to tell your mom and dad. So that's that's quite and happening in a young age. And uh, when children until the age of eight, nine years. Right don't have the ability to th to think critically they just everything they hear and they see is true when you get older you, you might even think hmm is this true or not but until you you reach the age age of eight or nine years old you don't have that ability everything which is, is true. which is usually why when people tell their children you know santa's buying you this or santa's gonna get you that and 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 they believe it yeah yeah of course <laughs> completely so, true yeah that 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 makes that makes a whole lot of sense so wow i i i never even thought that forming those ideas and something as simple as saying hey here's five dollars don't tell mom and dad you know it it does something mm -hmm. that's that, that's for sure wow it's this is it's the way you're brought up like uh, a lot of parents just tell their children spend your money wisely and save it right that's also pretty common. right right yeah. but if you tell it to your to your kids every month but you show every day of the week that you're spending to spending money on things you don't need and you're not saving because you and you're living in debt what 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 do you think your children will pick up the, the line is um, month, spend wisely and save money or what they see they every day more than likely what they see every day because they're going to emulate what they see that's completely true so there are a lot of people buying things they don't need to impress people they don't like that's a quote i like very much <laughs> that it's, is very true 
Yeah. So there's 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 a lot of things happening when when you're young and. Um, uh, just one more example about youth, and then we'll <laughs> we'll move on. That's okay. some, something like uh, like pocket money. Okay. So uh, it's 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 all, uh, a lot of variety in pocket money, because there's, for example, did you have to beg every week or every month or every time you get the pocket money? So did you have to beg for it? Can I have my pocket money? And then some the the parents just control you because then they have to give it wholeheartedly and you have to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's a form of control right, right. Have when it's like that. It's not always like that. But also that you have to work for it, that you have to do some chores or uh, setting the table or some cleaning or uh, whatever, that you have to do anything to earn your pocket money. Okay. So that's, just, that's the first step and you have to work for your money. That's also something, a belief system that's completely different. Um, a lot of times also people give only give their pocket money if they behaved well. Did they go to school? Did right, you homework? right. If you didn't go to school or your homework or did, did you have a, a quarrel with your teacher or everything, you did it. Oh, you don't get a pocket money or you only get half of it or... If you're if you have good behavior, then you will get uh, your pocket money. That's also a form of control because then it's it's very unreliable. If it, if you get a dollar every week, for example, that's clear. But if if a parent can tell you, uh, I it's my, to my opinion, you didn't behave well, so I only give you half. Mm. This is real form of control. It's called education, but in fact, it's controlling. And last part about pocket money, then we'll move on. That's uh, were you free to spend it or not? Um, just right. were, you, were you allowed to buy an ice cream from, from the, the dollar a week you got as pocket money, for example? Uh. Or did you have to save, like let's say, 60 cents to buy presents for friends? And that you have to save 20 cents every week for a rainy day. How will you get to a million if you have to save 20 cents a day? <laughs> There's no way you're going to get there. Right. And 20 right. cents free spending, for example. That's, that's also a form of control that your parents are telling you. You have to do it. You have to subdivide your money like this. So that's a, it's, it's, it sounds so simple. Something like, like pocket money. But it's, there's a lot of things happening uh, around pocket money. So in the book, how can we work on our money mindset with knowing that most of our mindset around money or mindset around everything was shaped when we were children? So how, how, how can the book help us do this? Well, the things you hear and learn as a child are the ones that are really deep into your brain. There's the, the neural pathways in your brain are really wide and they're, they're just really hard to find sometimes because the, a lot of thoughts go on autopilot. And the things are which are so common knowledge to you, you just don't realize you say or think about money. So I've got several uh, exercises in, uh, in the book. It's, it's a, a self-help book. Uh, and in, uh, for example, there are uh, 
52 statements about money. And uh, you have to check out which ones resonate with you. And if one resonates with you, then there is something and you don't always know where it comes from. But when it resonates, then there's a feeling attached to it. And that's, that's exactly the way your brain works. Um, for example, um, if, if, if I don't need to manage my money since I hardly have any. That's a quote about money. Which really? A lot of people really uh, struggle with. Like, uh, wow, I, I, I've, I've never even thought people thought that way. No? Okay. <laughs> In my uh, uh, programs, I've heard it quite some time, so that, that's why I, uh, I use that one. Of it, but I, I can shift to, uh, to another one if you like. Um, and, uh, well, the mo worldwide, is the money is the root of all evil. That's the money quote mostly translated all over the world. Right, yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah, but let's say you start earning a lot of money when you're an entrepreneur or you get a raise, promotion, whatever. And now your bank account starts increasing, starts to increase as well. So you're getting more and more money. And when you're getting more and more money, you're getting evil into your house because money is the root of all evil. So what's happening to the money that you already saved in your bank account it might even start walking away on whatever you want. Oh. Because it's the evil you're getting into your house and your, your bank account is, is in your house. Oh, wow. Then, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I Wow. Like, I mean, I, that, that's all I can really say because I, you know, we hear it. We, these are things that we hear. We hear people say these things all mm -hmm. the time but we don't really pay attention that things like this coincide with our spending habits and because i mean that just hit me like a ton of bricks mm -hmm. you're the fact that you're saying okay well if the love if 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 money is evil and I'm trying to keep the evil out, I would spend money because I'm making more money. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't you know if you guys are getting evil. this, but this is, this is something really, really deep. Whoa. <laughs> but that's, that's the behavior you'll show. And that's also the, the, the way your brain works. Right. That's what really interests me as well, the way the brain works about money. And that's fascinating. It's really fascinating. So what can we do to stop sabotaging ourselves? What can we do to make sure that we start get the, getting this right mindset around money and stop spending what we consider, air quotes, evil, you know, and just keeping ourselves barely scraping by. Well, that's this is what was just one of the uh, exercises which I mentioned in my book. Uh, there's also a lot of statements you can finish, like uh, to my father, money was, to my mother, money was, or to my 
my partner money is because a lot of people don't even know the way their partner thinks about money so if you Ooh. find out okay <laughs> hold on see okay <laughs> now now you're getting into the now because you're saying okay i think a lot of times after we get older and mm-hmm. this is just my perception we start to realize our parents relationship with money whether it was good whether it was bad whatever but we don't ever really consider and especially before marriage you know to my partner money is because a lot of the spending habits so so how do we pay attention to or how do we get to know what money is for our partners? What questions should we be asking? First, the first question is, what is money to your partner? Is it just a, a dollar bill? Or just a paper bills and, uh, and coins? Or is it just plastic and uh, you can add some uh, plastic to it and... Uh, uh, just swipe it through the, the credit card and everything is uh, is gone or is it uh, just a, a bunch of zeros and ones in the, in a bank account or uh, is it just some intermediate thing because you have to work for your money you get money you so you can buy something else or is money is it uh, trust because if you have to if you borrow someone else a hundred dollars you trust that the other one is able to repay you in some kind of time so and that's uh, trust between uh, a bank and a company just between two people um, uh, between countries in a, on a larger scale or is money just a frozen wish because i want to save money to do this and that when the time comes it's like the the tree that our, uh, two people are uh, re- really willing to uh, to let grow, and uh, at the end of the you, then you have a large tree, and the the one is just chopping it down because he was uh, growing the tree to get fire, to wood, to wood for the wood for the fire, and the other one is growing a tree to reach for the apples, which will be growing on the tree as well. So you have to find out what is your purpose of your savings. And that's what you have to discuss about. Mm. So that's just, just start talking about money. And it's, it's not exactly about uh, the, the, the amount of money, like uh, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, how much do you make? $100, $1,000, $10,000 a month, whatever. It's, but it's what do you want to do with our money? Uh, okay our money how do you value our money what's the goal we set for our money what are we saving for and so here's here's another question i have for you Mm -hmm. can we sabotage ourselves by having no goal for our money because i know there are people that are just like i i just want to save for a rainy day Mm -hmm. and it's just like they don't really have an amount in mind. They don't have, uh, you know, 
what this rainy day might entail. They don't know. It's just, they know that they should have money for something, basically for something, because they can't tell you what that money should be for, but it's like, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, when you, when, when you find out that aunt so-and-so has all this money that she's sitting on and she's never, you know, or, and, and she's living well under her means. And it's like, okay, you don't have to barely scrape by if you have, let's say a million dollars in your in your thing you shouldn't be you know eating cans of tuna out of the out of the tuna can and 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 you know i and and i'm trying to okay maybe i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself but in other words i think for me is there seems to be some people that have no goal with that money and is that a conversation we should be having yes that's one thing that's for sure, because if uh, one partner wants to uh, grow his net worth until, uh, let's say, uh, 100,000, and uh, the other partner wants to grow the net worth, let's say, to a million, then you have a slight difference in uh, what you're trying to achieve. And why do you need 100,000 or a million or whatever amount? I don't care about the amounts. Right. Why, do you, why do you need it? Why do you want to have it? And uh, there are several uh, money types. And for example, one money type is a saver. And the more money a saver has, the more secure the saver feels. So it's just like the, a buffer for, for, for these people, for, for the savers, because they, the larger the buffer, the, the safer they feel. I've been helping in, uh, an entrepreneur about uh, two years ago. And uh, he was having a house without a mortgage. Uh, his company made a profit, a net profit, somewhere around 300,000 a year. And he had one and a half million cash in his bank account. And uh, he was really, really struggling and asking me, can I get on a ski break during Christmas with my family? The, and, and that's that's what I mean in other words it, it's 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 so in other words that's the saver mindset so yeah. they're kind of afraid to spend that money even yeah. though they don't really have to be afraid to spend that money he just wants to save so he can retire at the age of 55 that was his goal but he never never ever thought about how much do I need to retire at the age of uh, 55. So he kept on saving and saving and saving and saving and more and more and more. And his uh, company has a, the value of his company is, is tremendous. So he was able to say, to stop uh, working at, at the age of 50, but he kept on working because he didn't feel, he still didn't feel that he had enough money to last a lifetime. Ah. Uh... So. <laughs> It's just, so, it's, it's all about the mindset. It's, right, you know, right. I see that. I really see that, you know, because I, I think we think about mindset and so many things, but we don't think about mindset when it comes to money. It's like, you, you know, you shouldn't spend it right away. You should contemplate, but we don't think that some people are feeling like the more I have, the better I feel. I need that buffer zone or like you said, grandma saying, 
here, baby, here's $5. Don't tell mom and dad. And that's affecting how we think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just um, another little example. I had a former boss of mine when I was a finance director. He was listed in the, the, the Dutch uh, Forbes 400, uh, about uh, number 72, I think it was back then. Uh, together with his brother, the net worth they had together was about 800 million. So they were quite wealthy. So meaning 400 for brother number A and 400 million for my, my, my boss at that time. So and you don't want to pay too much taxes. So we got a, uh, a program running together with uh, some uh, uh, tax advisors. How can we get all the money, all the assets from the parent because he was over 65? How can we get all the assets and all the, uh, all the money to the children without paying too much taxes? Because who likes to pay, who likes to pay too much taxes, of course, right? Um, so we got 90% of his assets to his children without paying hardly any taxes. So it was ah, the tax advisor and me as a financial guy, uh, we were quite satisfied. Uh, we did a great job because uh, from the 400 million, 360, we, moved, we managed to move to the children without paying taxes. So we were pretty proud of ourselves that he didn't have to pay any taxes. So we did, we did a great job. And then about three weeks later, I got a call from my boss. Mm, can you come to my office? I thought, oh, okay. He, on, on a time of the day, he, normally he didn't call me. <laughs> so I went to his office. I thought, hmm, let's see what's going to happen. Right. I got into his office. It was a great uh, table, luxurious chairs and everything. He was sitting there at uh, the table. And I just sat, sat across him. I thought, okay, so how can I help you? Ah, he said, something's bothering me. I, I really, really don't like something because I, I have the feeling that I, I, I even can't, can't go to McDonald's. I don't have any money anymore. It's, I'm, I'm, I, I'm doomed to live in poverty. Wow. He still had 40 million cash in his bank account. Cash. But he didn't have the feeling, he had a feeling that he was poor, that he couldn't go to McDonald's, for example. So it took me two or three sessions to convince him that he was able to buy uh, a house on Ibiza, uh, a boat, uh, a Ferrari and everything, and he still would have a lot of money. So that's, that's the mindset, What's, what the mindset can do to you because we moved 90% of his assets to his children. So he was only left with 10%. And this is because it, it's, it, was, it was a rich guy, wealthy guy. So that's, uh, he still had a, has a lot of money left. But just take into your mind your net worth your, at this time, your net worth. No matter how much it is, how little it is, that doesn't, that's not the point. The giveaway. 90%, just cut off 90% of your net worth and move it to your children, for example, or okay. somewhere else. It's okay. just regardless where, where you have to move it. So you're only stuck with 10% of your current net worth. How does it make you, how does it make you feel? 
okay I'll, I'll be very honest i i already started to panic once you said that but yeah i get it <laughs> i already was like wait a minute i don't want to say anything but i'm panicking um yeah so i get it i get it yeah, but that, that's also a part of the mindset uh, but that, that, that was a yeah a wealthy uh, wealthy man struggling with uh, 40 million <laughs> oh wow wow it's... okay so in other words your book is for everyone yeah. your book is not just for leaders it's not just for business people it's not just for entrepreneurs but it's for everyone who is trying to figure out their mindset and how to manage their money properly yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that, that, that's true. But uh, as uh, entrepreneurs just have their uh, business finances and their personal finances. So they, it, yeah, they, they have to do it twice. <laughs> they have to manage, manage their business finances and uh, personal finances as well. And also the mindset for both of them. Right. Now, I will say this because I have been coming across a lot of more affluent entrepreneurs now but normally the basis for an entrepreneur in the united states is someone who kind of like says they have a business but they're always broke mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it's kind of weird it's like you know someone tells you they're and I don't know how it is anywhere in the, else in the world, but here in the United States, it's kind of like someone tells you they're, they're an entrepreneur and you're like, you, you get that eye roll, like, here we go again. Okay. And they're trying to get you to invest in their dream or their idea. That's one of the leverages. Yeah. Money. That's uh, uh, to propel your business. But when, when you... Um, okay, let me do a little different angle. Um, I recently also became, uh, a couple of months ago, became a, a hypnotherapist. And uh, I'm also getting a lot of entrepreneurs into my, uh, in my office. And okay. uh, they just fear success. Mm. And how can that be possible? I, a lot of people think, oh, I'm not afraid of success. And then, yeah, but what if? And what if? And what if this and that, and then you grow and you have the next positive scenario and next positive scenario. And suddenly they start to sweat and they start to move around and they're not comfortable, comfortable anymore. And it's, it's incredible. If you ask uh, entrepreneurs that what, what, what happens to you, to your inner emotions, what do you, to your feelings when you really, when your business really starts to propel, what's good, what is it doing to you? Does it make you feel good? Does it make you feel uh, happy? But if you start adding a little bit more and more and more, and there's most of the times, not, not, not always, of course, but most of the times, it's, there, there, there is a certain point that people start to getting nervous, to get it started to sweat. Uh, right, like right, right. They're afraid of success. And that has a lot to do with their self-worth. Because there's a direct correlation between your self-worth and your net worth. Do you feel yourself worthy enough to 
earn money, have a successful business, have a successful relationship, have a successful this, that, and so on. Ah. So that's the really fear a lot of people. So a correlation between self-worth and net worth. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is this is so awesome. This is like I'm sitting here and you guys know I am I'm never at a loss for words, but when you hear me saying wow, it's like the light bulbs just keep turning on. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, that that's one of the things that, that mindfulness is all about. Finding about what is blocking you, where does it come from, and how can you adjust your self-worth? How can you adjust your spending pattern? How can you adjust the way you think about money and the way you act uh, with money that's that's what it's all about and the mindset your mind is the most powerful powerful thing you have and yes there are a lot of external influences you can blame everybody else you can blame the whole world but that doesn't bring you any 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 further that starts wow. it all okay. begins with yourself okay so where can everyone find your book? And you also have an online training that goes along with this book. How can they get in tune with all of this so that everyone else can feel these kind of like aha moments that I'm having? <laughs> that's on uh, moneyfulness.com. And that's moneyfulness is the combination of money and fullness, mindfulness, fullness.com. So that's, uh, that's everything available. And there's also an, uh, a free money map available, which you can download. Uh, that's just a, a practical money management map and a money mindset map. So uh, if you, then you can check out your relationship with money because uh, everybody's talking about how much money they make or have, but your relationship with money is equally or even more important Okay, I have a quick question. Yep. And this is something I have been hearing all over the internet lately. And it has been driving me nuts. <laughs> it seems like there is this thought pattern. And I want to ask you, does this go back to people's mindset with money? But the thought pattern is the more a man makes the higher his value, even in a relationship. Is does this is this are shaped around our mindset with money? Because I keep hearing people say, I want a high value man and he has to make at least six to seven figures. <laughs> okay. That's um, well th there's a difference between uh, a man and a uh, male and female, the way they think about money. And yes, to a man, usually money equals to ego and to power that's that that's uh, and now i'm really generalizing uh, but that, that's right the, right the way a man thinks about money it's 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 good for his ego his yeah his self-worth he feels better when he makes a lot of money and for a woman it's more attached to emotions connections uh, the which is not really visible but still is there so that's a different way of looking at money because the same concept of money it's, it's, it's just dollar is a dollar, dollar is a dollar there's, there's no difference in that 
but the way you handle it, there's a difference between a man and a woman. Ah, okay. So you're, you're, you're hearing this, this whole thing be debunked right now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's also, what are you looking for? If you want a uh, powerful, ego, full, uh, full of self-worth man, why, why do you want it? What's the reason behind it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. What's what's the life? What's your life plan? Ah, so what do you want out of life. Yeah, so ladies, you have to ask yourself: What is your life plan? Why no. is it you're looking for this? Because our mindset is different from the male mindset. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So, oh my gosh, Michael, this has been awesome. I, I, I have had a whole bunch of aha moments. I have had, I mean, you were just dropping gem after gem after gem. Like, seriously. Oh. <laughs> Guys, definitely get a copy of Moneyfulness. Get in on the online training because you definitely need to check out and evaluate your mindset around money. Is it proper? Is it stable? Is what you're thinking right? Are you saving for some sort of some rainy day? Are you still being affected by Mima's? Hey, here's $5. Don't tell mom and dad. What is going on with your mindset with money? Yeah. And a lot of times, Self-evaluation is one of the hardest, and I can tell you from experience, it is one of the hardest parts of evaluation. So yes, Michael, it has been amazing having you. Thank you very much for having me. So one, one closure uh, to close it up. It's just don't let anybody be defined by how much money you make or have but be defined by what you do with your money, the happiness you give to others. That's made this world a better place. Wow, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hope you guys got what he means by moneyfulness. And make sure you are getting the book because it is talking about everything from mindset to relationship and how to have everything in balance. But as always, guys, Michael's information will be in the show notes so you won't miss a thing. And be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and happy shopping. Hey, this is Chewy host of Screaming Chewy Show podcast, and you're currently listening to CQP Moments. Stay tuned.